Good to be with you this morning. Again, as Pastor mentioned, my name is Pastor Kevin Hundley. Uh, my wife Renee is with me today, and it's good to be with you. It's a privilege to be with you. I've served in uh, parish ministry for about 18 years. I served in an urban setting in Milwaukee uh, to start my ministry. I was assigned to a mission congregation in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, served there for a number of years and then uh, served a large multi-site congregation in the Kenosha, Wisconsin area, which is the northern suburb of Chicago. Um, so uh, we, we enjoyed our Cubs fans and White Sox fans and Bears fans there in Kenosha. And then for the past three years, I've served in this capacity, which is a Christian giving counselor for this area of the church body, which is a, a fancy way of saying basically what I do on your behalf is I go around and say thank you to a whole bunch of people. So as you might understand, to run a church body like ours with about 1,200 congregations across the country, about 40-some world missionaries in 50 different countries, and 14 more prospective countries that we're going to be working in soon, there's a lot that goes to manage that operation. And so... I get to go and say thank you to people who support different ministries and mission work. And I get to tell them, here's what's happening in those areas of ministry. And I also, when invited, get to come to congregations like this to say thank you for your partnership in our church body, this, this partnership called the Wells or the Wisconsin Synod, which is basically brothers and sisters in Christ working together so that uh, the full and free forgiveness of Jesus can be proclaimed here and in all places around the world. So thank you for letting me stop by to say hello and to thank you for your partnership in that work. Uh, but you didn't come to hear about me today, you came to hear about God's word. So we're going to take a look at a section from Luke chapter 21. Uh, that's for you on the screen. When we talked about little things as we planned for today, uh, pastor said, hey, how about we talk about that little offering, the widow's mite that Jesus sees at the temple. And, and today we're, we're going to take a look at that. And we'll, we'll, we'll read that in just a little bit of time. But I want to I'll get you thinking about that this morning before we really start. So what are some of the things, the little unexpected things that happen in your day that just kind of put a bounce in your step and, and kind of lighten the mood. Did a, did a little web search to try to get my head thinking about that. Some of the top five things that came up were found money. I didn't tell my wife this, but when I pulled the clothes out of the dryer before we left to, to come here, found some. Wasn't a lot, but, but you know, that, that little excitement of, ooh, yeah, there it is. I, I wasn't expecting that. You, you ever in a hurry at the store and you just got to get through this line? I, I got to get out of here. I, I got things to do. And, and you don't have a lot of options at the checkout. And so you, you go to the back of one of the lines the best you can. And then you make eye contact with the cash register who's coming to open the new line. She kind of waves you over. Because you're the next, isn't that make your day? Like, wow, yeah. Um, what about if, if I was like this in school? I thought I bombed that test, but I actually passed it. Wow, you know, amazing. W what, what are some of the things 
that put a bounce in God's step? What are some of the things that excite him? That, that's what we want to kind of think about for a moment. We have those experiences. Did Jesus ever have those experiences? Were there any things that ever happened that made him go, wow, yeah, excitement? Today we're going we're gonna to see one of those. We get to tag along with the disciples as we see Jesus get excited about what seemingly is a, a little thing. But yet, to him, he gathers all of his disciples together to say, guys, that's, that's what it's all about. And so we want to tag along and see what, what lesson we can learn from that too. So let's set the stage for Luke 21. It's the busiest day in the busiest week of Jesus' life. It's Holy Week. Jesus had entered Jerusalem on Sunday with the palm parade on the donkey, with the crowds welcoming him. Monday, he goes back into Jerusalem. He cleans the temple. A lot of controversy, a lot of challenge, a lot of leaders upset. Who does this guy think he is? And then he's back Tuesday morning, back into the temple, where all day long he's teaching. People are plying him with questions. People are asking him things to try to trip him up. He's teaching different things to his disciples. And now picture at the end of this long day, Jesus finally plops himself down, probably pretty exhausted, across from the place where the offerings are gathered at the temple. It's a place called the Court of the Women. And there's... I've never seen this pictured. I couldn't find a good picture of it to share with you. But there's 13 trumpet-like, tube-like receptacles where people would drop their offerings in at the temple. There was the temple tax. There were the different shekels that they needed to bring into the temple to, to pay for the offerings that they were giving. This was the place where all of those were gathered. And Jesus with his disciples, is now taking a break, and there are people watching. And you've done that, so you know how that goes. There's there's certain things that kind of get your attention. And there were probably things that got the disciples' attention. Hey, look at these rich people come in. Look look at that outfit. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Look at what that guy put into the offering. That's pretty big. Wow. And and they're, they're noticing this, and then they look at Jesus, and he's Oblivious. Doesn't matter. Not a big deal. And then all of a sudden, a nobody comes up. Somebody that that everyone else would have just overlooked. Wrong look, wrong outfit, wrong person. And Jesus all of a sudden starts elbowing the other disciples and saying, Hey, look at that. With that in mind, take a look at Luke, Luke 21. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He's, he also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Now, what does a mite look like? Um, there's a picture that I provided. came from this thing. When we were at seminary, uh, sometimes what we do to kill time is on certain evenings there'd be a book auction. 
So uh, seminarians like to buy books cheap so that their shelves look impressive to people who come in with all these books that they supposedly have read and how knowledgeable they are. In one of the books that I purchased, there was this contraption, which was kind of a collection of different biblical coins. So the whole reason I bought like four or five books is just to get this. Um, and probably paid like five bucks for it. But on this collection is, and as you can see, kind of compared to the rest of the coins here, the smallest one, this one, is that mite. And it's about the tip of my index finger. You can see a better picture there. That's a pen tip. That's two of those is what she put in the offering. And this is what Jesus gets excited about. What does that tell you about Jesus? It tells you that Jesus would not pass a college freshman economics course. He just doesn't, he doesn't get all money with it. So, uh, okay, so what's, what's really happening here? Jesus is trying to teach his disciples a lesson that we get all worked up in our world about the size of things, the dollars and cents of things. We get, we get impressed by commas and decimal points. The God who owns everything and who made everything doesn't get impressed by those things. So he's, he's drawing his disciples to the, to the fact of not the size of the gift that the giver made, that the widow made. He's pointing to the heart that brought the gift. And he's saying, guys, take note of that. That's what I want. That's what I get excited about. That's what I want you to take note of. And the best way I've found to try to explain this to people is to use the analogy of the four-year-old in the art project. So you know how that goes. Four-year-old decides, I'm going to make a gift for mommy because I love mommy. Four-year-old gets the 64 box of crayons out the coloring pages, and for the next 20 minutes, scribbles like a mad person on, on that piece of paper to make this wonderful gift for mommy. And then when they're done, they go and present their treasure to mommy. Mommy, I made this for you. And you look at it, and any sane person would go, that's a piece of nothing important. There's there's scribbles on here. That no sane person would have picked these colors and put them together this way. There's, there's nothing in the lines. It's just all over the place. But what do you say? Aw, oh, honey, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. Why do you say that? Because you're crazy? No, you say that because you understand the heart that that came from. That, that was a labor of love. That little one wanted to give you something to show you that they loved you. And so it doesn't really matter what it looks like. It's what it represents and where it came from. That's what makes it beautiful. And I can see you're nodding your head. Yeah, you, you realize that. Because anyone else coming to your house and seeing that on your fridge would go, you know, there's no real budding artist there. But you know that that came from a heart of love. And so this is the picture that Jesus is painting with this person, this lady 
gave this out of her heart of love. This was her confession of God, how much I trust you. Lord, you have given me everything. All that I have and all that I own and all that I am came from you. I'm a child of God. I'm dearly loved. I know I'm going to be provided for, even though I don't know how that's going to happen. But God, I trust you. And that's what Jesus got excited about. This is the heart that gave me this gift. And that's what made the gift beautiful. Guys, this is what I'm excited about. Do that. Be like that. What's interesting about this section of scripture from Luke 21, this is the last action that Jesus took in the temple. After this point, this is the last thing he ever did in the temple. And can you imagine how that fueled him for what was in store in his life? The, the wrestling in the garden, the being arrested, the being beaten, the going to the cross. He, he got to see from this lady what it was really all about. It's trusting the Father. And that fueled Jesus probably for his days of trust that he needed to put in the Father's plan as he went to the cross and experienced the tomb too. So what's the life lesson for us? Jesus uses this to teach his disciples a lesson. What is he teaching us? He, he's teaching us that it's easy for us to have a lot of lip service when we come to church and we say, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, my provider and my protector. I believe in Jesus who's going to have my best interest in mind and he's going to provide for me and protect me. But then what happens with my time and with my treasures and with my talents does the rubber hit the road there? Is, is the trust that I say that I have show in my life of action? And all too often, you probably look in the mirror like I do and go, I got some work to do in that area. I'm, I'm very stingy with God too often. I wish I could be more like that widow. But the other side of that coin is, is so amazing and that's the fact that God's not stingy with me. Even though I, I have work to do and I need to grow in certain areas, he continues to lavish his love on me. And he continues to, to assure me of his promises. And he continues to say, yes, these are for you. And you got to experience that today too. Your, your servant who comes to you on behalf of King Jesus says to you, hey, he knows all of your sins. And he says, I forgive them anyhow. Be at peace. You get to come and, and share the Lord's gift to you. Here's my body, here's my blood given for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins as I never tire to whisper in your ear, you're my dearly loved child and never forget it. Be at peace. Heaven is your home. The doors are open to you because of my cross and because of my empty tomb. That's, that's, that's what keeps us trusting because as, as we struggle, he continues to lavish love on us. So why am I here? I'm here to say thank you. I'm here to say thank you to you and as individuals and as a congregation that you continue to be the frontline troops for souls in this, in this neighborhood, in this, in this area. Uh, people still need to hear that message in this community and you are here to, to be about that message. 
And, and you're not only trying to do that here in this place, but also partner with your brothers and sisters in Christ around the world so that message can continue to be shared in places where it, it needs to be heard. So maybe you're aware of this, maybe you're not. Uh, last year, uh, you gathered as a congregation for God's work in your midst about $255,000. God be praised. That's, that's amazing with the, the gifts that you brought in for the Lord's work here in your midst. But then what's even more amazing is you turned around as, as a group and you said, hey, we want to share a portion of this with other brothers and sisters in Christ so that God's word can continue to be proclaimed in their corner of the world. So you shared about $21,000 for the work of the wells, about 8% of your budget. And you said, hey, brothers and sisters, we, we want to support you. We want to help you. And I'm here to say thank you for that and to tell you what some of those dollars are doing. There's a couple slides. So, uh, one's a world mission slide. So some of your dollars are helping with world mission work going on in your name all the time around the globe. You have a, a couple of different colors up there. The reddish-brown colors are the countries that we've been working in for some time. And so we have missionaries and work going on in those countries uh, right now in your name. The dark blue countries like Australia and many European countries and Chile, we have partners in Minnesota called the Evangelical Lutheran Synod or the ELS, and they have world mission work going on in those countries that we support and, and partner with. So uh, some efforts are being made there also. But then there's a bunch of light blue countries in Central and South America and the tip of Africa in Liberia and a bunch of different African countries and a bunch of Southeast Asian countries. Those are new countries to us. And basically what's happening is we're meeting people in home mission settings like this where congregations are reaching out to their neighbors and they're finding out their neighbors came from Africa or from Southeast Asia. And they're welcoming to their congregation and, and those people are hearing about Christ and, and they say, hey, this message is changing my life. I want to share this message with where I came from and with my family and with my contacts there and help let me connect you, uh, Wisconsin Synod, to somebody back there so that you can send a missionary to work there. Or in some really rare cases, but some awesome cases, we have some individuals going, hey, I, I want to become a pastor and I want to go back there. And that's happening in some African countries. But these are the places where your dollars are supporting work. So you're, you're supporting bush congregations in Africa. You're supporting uh, covert house churches in Muslim countries. Uh, you're working in places where we least expect that we can't really put into print or publicize. And in Central and South America, you're supporting websites that are that are reaching millions of people, two million people in Mexico and Central America through something called Academia Cristo. So thank you for the help that you're doing with world mission work. If you go to the next one, home mission work, we have about 1,200 congregations across the country. This map shows about 115 <coughs> of our home mission congregations and kind of where they're placed around the country. Uh, you'll notice that... Um, there's a lot dotting the country now. And uh, we just started a new one in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We uh, 
have a mission in Las Vegas, Nevada that's interesting. On the one hand, they're reaching out to their neighbors and they speak Korean. And on the other, the other side of them, they're reaching to African immigrants. Uh, we just started a brand new mission in downtown Atlanta, Georgia. Something to pray about. So again, thank you for allowing us to send missionaries to our brothers and sisters here in our country so that they can hear about God's word too. Home Missions also helps take Christ to college campuses through Wells Campus Ministries. Your dollars are helping support 1,500 future gospel ambassadors as they are going to school right now at our Synod's area Lutheran high schools, our uh, prep schools, our colleges, and our seminary. Two of our high schools that train pastors and teachers, one's in Watertown, Wisconsin, Luther Prep, the other one's in Michigan, Michigan Lutheran Seminary. Students there go on to Martin Luther College in New Ulm, Minnesota, where we train our future pastors and teachers. About 750 kids up on that campus right now. And then we have a seminary on the north side of Milwaukee in Mequon called Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary. That's where we went to school uh, after we went to college. And uh, graduates from there are assigned then to our congregations. And so we thank you for helping support all of those students with tuition assistance and dollars so that they can afford to go to school and then be in our pulpits and be in our classrooms. So thank you. And the list really could go on and on from worship conferences to marriage retreats to teen gatherings to uh, the efforts we put into supporting 80,000 incarcerated people through Wells Prison Ministries individuals going in and doing Bible studies and doing correspondence courses with prisoners, and also the, the efforts that we, we offer to our Wells military personnel to support them and to give them devotions, those types of things. All of this and much more is being done in your name. Uh, there was a booklet you got as, as you came into church today. That kind of really outlines the main areas of work that we do as a church body, and uh, we'll give you a little bit more information as you look at that at your leisure. So what I do is I, I get to be uh, uh, supported by the Synod and sent out to do this kind of work to inform you of what's happening and to thank you for that. If you're somebody who wants more information about supporting Wells Mission Work or Ministries, uh, I'm happy to meet with you personally and give you the information you're looking for. Also, I have a partner who, who serves this area. His name is Rick Knazer. He assists people who put their wills and estate plans together who want to remember the Lord's work and their congregation in those plans. He offers complimentary, confidential services to Wells members. If you would like his services, let me know and I'll get you connected with him. So, the little things that, that brighten the day, that, that put pep in the step, you've experienced those and we saw one of those from Jesus today too. The, this lady who, who reminds all of us what trust is really all about. And that's the little thing that God's looking for. He's looking for trust. Look at all that I've done for you. Trust me. Trust me. I, I have you. I get that vibe as I come into this congregation. Renee and I get to travel to a bunch of places. You guys have a great vibe about you. A wonderful thing. I, I got to see the video of when you started in the living room to, to where you are now. You, you have a great reason to go, God, we trust you because look at how far you've carried us. And you all know that you have further to go. So God be with you as you continue to go on that journey, 
trusting where he leads and guides and trusting him as, as you reach out to others to share that message of full and free forgiveness. And thank you for that partnership that you have with your brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a beautiful thing. To him be the glory, both now and forevermore.